Section 20 of Three Science Fiction Novellas by Lee Brackett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 8 of Shawnock the Last Trevor awakened slowly, rising above the dark sea of oblivion only to sink again, conscious in those brief intervals that he lay in a bed and that his head ached. There came a time when he rose, not to sink again. After a while his eyes opened, and he saw a metal ceiling. "'We made it,' he said. "'Yes, you made it,' said a friendly voice. "'This is Solar City. You've been here quite a while.' Trevor turned his head to the voice, to the white-jacketed doctor beside his bed. But he didn't see the man or the room. Not at first. He saw only, upon the bedside table in a tray, a tawny eye that twinkled and glittered at him. A sunstone. His hand started to rise weakly to his face. The doctor forestalled him. Don't bother, it's out. And a delicate job of getting it out it was. You'll have a headache for a while, but anyone would take a headache for a sunstone. Trevor didn't answer that. He said suddenly, Jen and Saul? They're here. Pretty odd folk they are, too. Won't talk to any of us. You're all a blazing mystery, you know. He went away. When he came back, Jan and Saul were with him. They wore modern synth-cloth garments now. Jan looked as incongruous in hers as a leopardess in a silk dress. She saw the smile in his eyes and cried, Don't laugh at me, ever. It occurred to Trevor that civilizing her would take a long time. He doubted if it ever would be done and he was glad of that. She stood looking gravely down at him, and then said, They say you can get up tomorrow. That's good, said Trevor. You'll have to be careful for a while. Yes, I'll be careful. They said no more than that, but in her steady, grave gaze, Trevor read that Hugh and the Hawks were forgiven, not forgotten, but forgiven, that they too had touched each other and would not let go again. Saul cried anxiously, "'Days we've waited. When can we go back to the valley with a ship for the others?' Trevor turned to the curiously watching doctor. "'Can I charter a ship here?' "'A man with a sunstone can get almost anything he wants, Trevor. I'll see about it.' The chartered ship that took them back to the valley had a minimum crew and two mining technicians Trevor had hired. They sat down outside the ancient city and the slaves came surging toward them, half in eagerness, half in awe of this embodiment of misty legend. Trevor had told Saul what to do. Out up the valley, in the skulls of slain Korans, were sunstones worth many fortunes. They were going out with the slaves. But they're evil, evil, Saul had cried. Not on the outside worlds, Trevor told him. You people are going to need a start somewhere. When that was done, when they were all in the ship, Trevor nodded to the two mining technicians. Now, he said, the entrance to that catacomb is right over there. The two went away, carrying their bulky burden slung between them. Presently they came back again without it. Trevor took his sunstone from his pocket. Jan clutched his arm and cried, No! There's no danger now, he said. 
He hasn't time enough left to do anything with me. And I somehow feel that I should tell him. He put the sunstone to his brow, and in his mind he cried, Shawnock! And into his mind came the cold, tremendous presence of the last one. In an instant it had read Trevor's thoughts. So this is the end, Trevor? Yes, said Trevor steadily, the end. He was braced for the wild reaction of alarm and passion, the attempt to seize his mind, to avert doom. It didn't come. Instead, from the last one, came a stunning pulse of gladness, of mounting joy. Why, why do you want me to do this? Trevor cried. Yes, Trevor, yes. I had thought that the centuries of waiting for death would be long yet, and lonely. But this, this will free me now. Dazed by surprise, Trevor slowly made a gesture, and their ship throbbed upward into the sky. Another gesture, and the technician beside him reached toward the key of the radio detonator. In that moment he felt the mind of Shawnock crying out as in a vast, mingled music, a glad chorus of release against chords of cosmic sorrow for all that had been and never would be again, for the greatest and oldest of races that was ending. The receding city below erupted flame and rock around the catacomb mouth as the key was pressed, and the song of Shawnock ebbed into silence as the last of the children of the mountains went forever into night. End of section 20 End of Shannock the Last